the craziest, most absolutely unheard of thing happened to me on tour. And it happened last night. Yes, someone broke onto my bus while I was sleeping and made it all the way back to my room. And that's how I woke up. I want to tell you about this, and I, and I wanted to do a special edition of this podcast where I literally, this happened last night, I'm still on tour in the back half of this little tour, and I set up uh, my podcast gear, because this is a story I have to tell you, and of all the times that people have said, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened? This is going to be one of the top of the list, between breaking my ribs, falling off the stage, and busting open my, all the injuries that I've had. Um, this is, this is, takes everything to a whole new level. I wanted to tell you about it. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Express VPN. So I got to give them a shout out. Um, they are part of the reason I get to even have this podcast and with the craziness going on in the world, um, with all the, all the election madness, you, you need to know that your internet security is safe and it doesn't matter if you get your, your internet from, Verizon or Comcast or Suddenlink or whoever your local provider is, the ISPs in the U.S. could legally sell your information. And every single website you, you visit, your internet provider can see. So unless you're just cool with that, maybe you're just cool with whatever you see, they see, and you're cool with that kind of sharing information. I don't think you are. That's why ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, you don't. I don't even realize that this is on. Um, it just runs seamlessly in the background. It's so easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all devices, phones, computers, smart TVs, so there's really no excuse why you wouldn't be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Granger, and you get an extra three months for free and on your one-year package, that's expressvpn.com slash Granger, expressvpn.com slash Granger to learn more. I can't wait to tell you this story. I'm kind of creeped out about it as well, but here we go. Roll the intro. Special addition to the podcast today. I am on Wildflower, back of my bus, 
So I always feel like I need to apologize if you hear a, like a low rumble. If you're listening to this podcast in your car and you hear like a rumble, that's the generator from either this bus or the one um, next door over here, Montana. And I wanted to do this podcast today because I wanted to talk about uh, what is quite possibly top five strangest things to happen to me on tour and it happened last night and I've a lot of times talked about I've told so many stories through the different episodes of this podcast this is episode 58 I've talked about so many strange stories and embarrassing stories and scary stories and exciting stories that's happened on the on the road and then something happened last night that it pretty much topped it all. Um, and I'm going to try my best to explain it. And I will do as good as I can explaining something that happened um, while I was awakened in the middle of the night. So, and what I mean by that is if it's, it's like if I were to say, hey, you got up last night to go to the bathroom. You got, you got up last night to go pee. Um, tell me everything that happened when you were walking to the bathroom. Because <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of the equivalent of what happened to me. Let me paint the scenario. 2020, when this craziness hit and the tour shut down, we, as things started opening back up around August and September, we started taking shows in places that we wouldn't have normally gone. Places that we would have played in, say, 2012, 2013, and that's kind of the joke amongst the guys, is we've we've literally gone backwards when it comes to touring um, just to go out and be able to literally just to pay health insurance and show pay for my band and crew. It really financially does nothing for me. It maybe even uh, takes me backwards a little bit. But we're going out and we're playing shows just to keep food on the band's table. And we're taking shows that we would have 99 out of 100 times said no to in the last five years. And we we joke about it with the band. It's like we're living 2012 and 13 again. Where, for instance, last night we're in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and we were playing in a stage that was so small that we had to play acoustic. We couldn't bring the drum set. Dusty's drums wouldn't even fit on the stage we went to last night. And we've come to expect that. And I could tell you right now, from this story I'm about to tell you, those days are stopping. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make it official. We're not going to be playing uh, places that A, we can't afford to get into, and B, that are much too small for us to be putting two buses and all this crew and trying to get our gear out of these uh, trailers and through the gravel. So, and that's a different story for a different time and what that is going to mean to, um, to, to my future leading up to when things finally open up again in the world from the shutdowns. And we'll still be playing, you know, um, outdoor, big events, socially distanced. You know, when when it when that stuff uh, comes around, we'll take it because usually those places are more secured. They have um, tighter security, law enforcement on site. 
Last night I had none of that. This was straight out of the book of 2012 for me. And I, and I have been playing places like this since probably 2005. So it's nothing new to me. But we were parked in the parking lot. And after the show, here comes the story. I go to sleep about 1230. And I'll tell you my perspective of what happened. I go to sleep at 1230. There's nothing strange about that the show was like a very average dive bar you know people were rowdy in southeast oklahoma that is completely expected no big deal it's on par right the show is on par for what we would expect i go to bed and i have this little routine and i'll just share with you guys it's kind of embarrassing but my routine is i sleep on this bus i sleep with a weighted blanket because it when we're bouncing up and down driving down the road it holds me you know tight so i have a weighted blanket all the way around my neck i have a mouth guard in because i have a tendency to grind my teeth especially when i'm on the road and i've got a lot going on in my mind i'll grind the crap out of my teeth and so much so that the dentist is like, hey, you need to do something about this. You're going to file your teeth down. So I've got a mouth guard in. And then I wear earplugs, foam earplugs, because of the bouncing. And the, the, I sleep right by the engine, which is right behind the camera if you're watching this. And then on top of that, my phone is on my little nightstand on my bed. It's a twin-size bed back here in the back of this bus. And I have an, a phone on the nightstand that's cranked up with a um, sleep machine. It's like a running water noise, you know. That it's just mask any more sounds of parking lots, you know, things going on, people yelling, gear getting smashed into the back of the trailer, or us driving down the road. So I've got that plus the earphones. So I'm I'm kind of setting the scene. It's black, pitch black back here. There's two doors between here and the front door of the bus. So my door is closed, and then the bunk door is closed. Lights are off. We have a very strict rule, and we've had this, this rule ever since we started um, consistently touring in a bus to lock the doors. We always lock the doors. It's a big deal. We religiously lock the doors. Um, even in places, we, we almost have to say in places where it's totally secure, we have to remind each other, hey, you don't have to lock it. You know, we got, we're gated in here, you know, but we do anyway. I remember being on like the Luke Bryan tour and we were parking underneath the amphitheaters and we were still locking the bus doors because that's how religious we are about that. Last night it wasn't locked for whatever reason. I don't know, um, and I'm not going to throw any blame around. I'm not even going to come close to blaming anybody for this. Chris Lee, my tour manager, is not with us this weekend. He has um, a couple games for his son playing football, and they're getting trophies this weekend. So he asked if he could stay home and be at that trophy ceremony. He's not here. So basically I'm building up like the perfect storm. Uh, another thing, we're parked here till 6 a.m. where we were last night because it was only a 90-minute drive to where we are in Texarkana. We never park that long in a, in a parking lot because we hardly ever play a show that's only 90 miles, I said minutes, 90 miles to the next show. 
Okay. That's enough of, uh, I'm trying to paint the picture of, of what's happening here. 1230, I go to sleep at 130. I wake up in a complete daze to a girl sitting over me in my bed. And she's saying, do you need anything? Do I need anything? And in my mind, I, first of all, how long was she there? I don't know. Is that not the creepiest thing you could imagine? How long was she sitting there staring at me? I hope not long. I hope it wasn't very long. Train in the background, sorry. She says, do you need anything? She says it at least three times before I coherently say, no. And I still haven't put this situation together. I don't really know where I am. I don't really know why. I haven't toured in a long time, so I'm here in this bus. I don't, it doesn't, nothing is making sense to me. I don't know how better to put that. Nothing is making sense to me. Why am I here? Why is someone talking to me? Why is she asking me if I need anything? Does that have anything to do with the venue? Because the side note, she's the bartender at the venue we just played. So I'm thinking, is something something wrong? Are we in a wreck? Did we wreck? Or is there, was there a fire in the venue? And she's seeing if I, am I okay? Like, it, it's so far-fetched from anything that's ever happened that I cannot put together why this is And she says, I'm sorry, what's your name? And for some reason, I said, Sean, that's our lighting guy. I said, Sean. And she goes, oh, you're married, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you're married. And she leaves. And suddenly, it's coming together. What just happened? I grab my phone on the nightstand and... I, we have a, an app that we all talk together. It's called GroupMe. So I put on our tour app, I say, in all caps, SOS Fan on WF, which is Wildflower. SOS Fan on Wildflower, help, all caps. Because I'm in here in my shorts, you know, nothing else but my shorts. So I didn't, it didn't occur to me to like jump out and chase her off. And I know every all my guys are still loading. They're right around here. So she's up in the front lounge. I see her. I lean around the corner and I see her up here. And she's riding on a napkin on a paper towel that she got off of our counter. And she's writing her name and number on the napkin. And the door bust open. And Blake, my sound guy, and Sean... And Johnny, my bass player, they all come busting in. And Todd's there. Everyone's there because they saw the SOS. <laughs> and they grab her and take her out into the parking lot and slam the door. And I'm just... So finally, in my mind, over this is all this happened in 20 seconds from when I first realized... When I first answered, no, I don't need anything... To the door opening, it's probably probably 20 seconds. It seems like it was five minutes in my mind. But I'm finally now awake to the situation. And the severity of what, of what this was starts sinking into me. So I get up, put on a shirt, put on shoes. And 
all this stuff's running through my head. Like this is a one in a million scenario. In fact, I told my mom this morning, she's like, don't say that in your podcast. It'll give people an idea that they could do that. And I'm like, mom, you don't understand. This is a one in a million. This, this, she beat all the odds to even make it. Imagine guys, she came in, she tried a locked bus door and it was unlocked. So she is brave enough to go on. She sees no one in that front lounge. So she moves into the bunk room, opens the door, walks into a dark bunk room, moves through that, sees no one's there, opens the, my room door. It's dark. There's a, a, a um, sleep noise going on and I'm in here asleep and she is brave enough to sit down on the bed and start talking to me. And you, you must assume that this is ha- maybe she's tried this before with another band. I don't know. Um, but she's super brave and super on drugs and super on alcohol. No doubt. And at least that's what the guys told me after when they got her out in the parking lot. So I have multiple measures of defense in here. I don't know if I could say the words firearms. I have multiple, um, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want YouTube to, uh, to grab these words, but you guys know what I'm talking about. I have multiple in this room and it didn't, maybe because it was a female and the, what, and the question she was asking, do you need anything? Maybe that didn't send off the, uh, alarm in my head, grab, grab your firearm. Um, but that's scary to me too, because what if, what if I was so delirious that what if instead of being polite, like I was, which I don't know why I was polite. I don't know why I didn't start yelling, but what if I had been the other side of delusion where I pulled out a firearm and put it in her forehead? Either way, it's all bad. I, I mean, that, that could have been terrible in so, on so many levels. And I, I, there's no way that this girl would listen to this podcast. She seems far from a Granger Smith podcast listener. But if she was, I would say, don't ever, ever enter a dark bedroom when someone's sleeping, especially if you know they are, they're from Texas, <laughs> because they're, they're going to be armed. And I, I would consider this uh, a, a very lucky situation for her, that it didn't escalate. And... I'm thinking, was she filming me sleeping? Was she watching me? There's so many things going on in my head. When I got up this morning and I finally kind of put more of that together, um, I really got creeped out. And so I went to Blake, my sound guy, this morning, and I just said, tell me everything you know. And he said that when they got her out in the parking lot, kicked her out, she got in her car and left. But then they told the venue, and because she was an employee there, they called her and, quote, they said, what are you doing? And she said, quote, I'm driving to Arkansas to pick up my kid. I hope that that would give you an idea of the kind of girl that this is, guys. Driving to Arkansas to pick up my kid. So they said, well, we turn around and come back here because we need to talk. So she came back. They fired her and started to press charges for breaking and entering on their property. 
I don't know uh, if they are going to press charges, if they're pushing that through or not. I would prefer to be not involved and just get out of this situation completely. Um, Chris was on the phone. They woke him up. He was home in, in Texas. <laughs> they woke him up. And uh, so he was involved last night. What a what a deal! What a deal! And I wanted to get I wanted to get on this podcast and throw it out in the universe. Like my mom was like, "Don't do it on the podcast," but I, I wanted to put it out in the universe um, because I wish I could live every day of my life knowing that the world is shutting down on March fifteenth and martial law is coming <laughs> you, you, you guys remember what that felt like in 2020 and then i want to live every night like someone might be looking at my face at any point of my sleep and i want to be ready for that so um my closest means of defense is about five feet away from my bed and i'm going to start changing that to six inches from my bed for obvious reasons and <laughs> that's my story that is that is my very very strange story uh, and i'm going to take a break and be right back All right, this podcast is also brought to you by Raycon. These are some amazing earbuds, and the reason I want to tell you about it right now is because it's never too early to start Christmas shopping, all you overachievers. This is kind of the perfect gift, and if if you know anyone that needs to listen to music or podcast or they travel a lot and they need some kind of low-profile earbuds that block out all the extra noise... I got the deal for you right here. Uh, with seamless Bluetooth pairing and comfortable noise-isolating fit, you could start listening right away. And you could keep listening for hours on this tiny little batteries that literally go forever. The audio quality is amazing, um, compar comparable to whatever you would get with other premium brands, except Raycon start at about half of the price. So this holiday season, get them something they could use for calls or music or work or play or home or on the go and pick her up picks up a pair yourself trust me you're going to use them every day um and they're especially good for like working out i mean this is the ideal thing so go to raycon.com slash granger today and unlock exclusive deals up to 20 percent off your raycon order but hurry this offer is available for a limited time only and you don't want to miss it that's buy raycon R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash Granger to unlock 20% off your Raycons. Buy Raycon dot com slash Granger. It helps me if you get your Raycons with that promo code. Back to the podcast. So we've had a lot of uh, interesting things happen. And I guess what, what's happened to us on tour is just when you do something, anything enough times, uh, enough scenarios play out that are, that are worth telling stories about. So it's not, I don't necessarily think it's just me. It's if you talk to anyone that's done one thing for a long time, if you talk to, you know, a firefighter that's been doing firefighting for 20 years, he's going to have collected enough stories out of the routine to, uh, 
to have some crazy ones like we have. And I, I seriously think, like I said at the beginning, I think this is a little bit of a catalyst for me to need to back down off of uh, trying to constantly play any place that'll book us to pay the bills for my guys. Um, that, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off of that. And I wanted to explain the story on this podcast so that you could, you could kind of see part of that decision-making for me. Um, <laughs> one of these days, comment below if you want to hear more of these crazy stories. We have so many, and I could I could literally bring in like Blake or Chris or Will or or Johnny or Todd. I could Dusty. I could bring in these guys, and we could sit down and and go through some of these really funny stories um, and tell more of them as a group. In fact, this story I just told might might have been funnier if Blake was involved because Blake's very animated and he was like, "Oh my God, get out of here! What are you doing? To, you on this bus?" So, I, as promised, will always um, read your questions to me on this podcast. You guys, if you haven't already, email anything you want, conversation-wise, question, comment, anything to Granger Smith Podcast at gmail.com. I will read it on this podcast straight back at you. And so I want to I dig in here. This question uh, is from Ryan in Sawmills, North Carolina. It says, hey, Granger, my name is Ryan Dula from Sawmills, North Carolina. Both my family and I love your clothing line and your music. Shout out to North Carolina. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for being you, my full-time job. I'm a dispatcher for Caldwell County Emergency Services E911 Center, where I'm a shift supervisor. I also work part-time for Salt Mills Fire Department. Emergency services is pretty much my life. Uh, my question is, have you ever had any aspirations of a job in emergency services, fire, EMS, law enforcement, or military? Uh, and if you're ever in the Charlotte or Hickory area, come by the firehouse and hang for a while. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, Ryan, and um, thank you for your service. It's funny, I just mentioned and referenced firefighting. Thank you for your service, man, and I'll tell you that I have thought about that a lot. And, and during 9-11 in 2001, I was ready to go at that point <laughs> and sign up. And it was that moment because I had several buddies that were in the military and that were going overseas. And I would have personally gone Marines because that's what they were all doing. I had seven buddies from college that went into the Marine Corps. So I was I was would have gone on that path, but I felt a I felt a calling th- through music that felt like I could make more of a difference in music through giving back to the military and that would be a, a bigger impact from me in serving my country if that makes sense. And so because of that and because of that sentiment of feeling, instead of using that as a cop-out, like, eh, I'm not going to, it's 9-11, I'm not going to go join the military because I'm going to play music and that'll be my way of serving. I wanted to make that concrete and said, okay, if you make this decision, because I felt a longing to serve, if I'm going to make this decision, I got to put pen and paper to this. And so I started right then working on 
what then became my first entertainment tour to Iraq in 2007. And then we went uh, twice in 2008, including um, Christmas and New Year's. We played Christmas shows and New Year's shows in, in Iraq. And then after that, I started my 100-mile walk, which I did for six years, walking 100 miles over the course of five days from South Austin to Fort Hood, raising money and awareness uh, for those men and women that have served. Then that culminated in the They Were There documentary of mine. So to answer your question, Ryan, I, yes, I definitely, that there's a good argument that between high school football coaching and Marine Corps, that would have been my two things if it wasn't for music. And, but I didn't, I didn't want to use music as just a cop out. So I constantly want to be able to give back, um, through my services with music to help with that effort. So thanks for your question and thank you for your service. Um, this question is from Destiny. It says, Hey Granger, I had a question on the t-shirts. How do I get one? And how much are they? Uh, well, um, Destiny, you go to yee.com and you could find a plethora of t-shirts there. I'm not sure if that's your question or not. If you're speaking about a specific t-shirt that you, maybe you saw me wear, but, um, yee apparel, yee.com. Um, we have a lot, a lot of t-shirts always have. And, Coming up, if you're interested in one, I would say coming up on the 27th of November, it's going to be Black Friday, and you're going to start seeing us post about our Black Friday sales, and that's always such a great deal for you guys because we'll just do a blowout, and you'll be able to um, get the best deal that you can on those shirts. We also have, I don't know if you, I don't know if you mean this too, but we also have a T-shirt subscription service where that's like. 10 bucks the first month and then it's like 20 something maybe 20 15 or 20 after that and you'll get a shirt at the first of every month which we love that's my one of my favorite things we do at yee apparel is you sign up for our t-shirt of the month we design um in fact i'm wearing one of them from a few months ago now but we personally design these shirts we get them all ready we get your size and you do nothing you just one day you open your door at the first of every month and right there on your, on your front porch is a box from us with your t-shirt of the month we don't sell those anywhere else they're totally exclusive so i love that um the other subscription i have that is fairly new is yeenation.com and i've I, I would encourage you guys just to check that out it's it's free to start but uh .com is essentially a fan club glorified fan club that we that i take very close uh effort and attention to and we built that from scratch. And so it's a really cool way to interact and get exclusive information. Um, I'm going to be teasing the new album, Country Things Volume 2, which comes out on Black Friday. I'm going to be teasing those songs first on yeeenation.com. So check that out, too. Let's see. Can we do another one here? This question is from Daniel. It says, hey, buddy, I got a question for one of your next podcasts or whenever you're going to answer fan questions again, what happened to the band and part of the crew back at the beginning? Watching all the old videos starting at 2008 on YouTube, um, seems like you had a bunch of fun. You have come a long way. Proud of your journey. Yee from Germany. Danny. So, hey, Danny, shout out to Germany. I love me some schnitzel. I love traveling Germany. I, um, love the culture there. So, 
Yeah, you you have been observant in watching my old videos dating back to when we started YouTube, really, in 2008. And I've been through a lot of band members since then. They have all turned over at least once. Every position has turned over drums, bass, guitars. So those guys, I still keep in touch with them. Everybody that's ever been in my band that's, that's an alumni of my band, we all keep in touch. We all are on group text together. We all meet up and they go to shows. Um, I had Mitch and Manny, my keyboard player and bass player from back in that day. They were at my show with me last week, and they were on the bus, and they hang out. So it's a, it's a tight-knit group, and everyone that's ever left my band, um, it was usually for a mutual reason that it needed to be, it needed the change to happen. So um, well, I still love those guys. Uh, I was lucky enough that in the early days, they were a lot older than me. Those guys were a lot older. So I learned so much from them uh, about the road and about... Uh, about performing and adapting to different situations. And I wish they had told me to always keep your bus door locked. Just kidding. But I do keep in touch with them. And thank you, Danny, for your question. And shout out to Germany. Let's do one more question here. <laughs> well, maybe two more. Because here's one from Matteo that says, Will you ever come to Finland? Shout out to Finland. I've never been to Finland. And I would absolutely love to. I would love to. I'd, that sounds like a place I would probably tour uh, as a tourist before I tour as a musician. But if you want to come hear me, I would love to play a show there. Absolutely. Now, here's another random. I'm just scrolling through these. the email, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I'm just scrolling through it, and I'll find a couple here. Um, this question says, Hey, Granger, my name is Amadio Plett. I'm a beginner songwriter from Chihuahua, Mexico. So what is your advice for early songwriters? And how do I connect with more professional songwriters virtually? Is there even a chance for a songwriter from Mexico to take a stand in country music? Love your music, Amadeo. So Amadeo, that is, first of all, absolutely, you a songwriter from Mexico could make a stand in country music and... Um, it's great that you're listening to this podcast and you're reaching out to guys like me. Um, I would use, I would use YouTube and Instagram and Facebook to your favor and continue to write songs and perform them. You didn't say anything about you being a singer, but I would, I would perform them in any way possible on YouTube and Facebook and get them out into to the space, get them out into the universe and, people will start uh, gravitating towards good music. Uh, I would start friending some of these songwriters you're talking about, the professional songwriters, as you said. I would start friending these guys on Instagram or Twitter or whatever and just saying, hey, my name is Amadeo and I I have some songs and I love your stuff. Or you know, Just start the conversation like that. And I say, absolutely, a songwriter from Mexico could take a stand in country music. Um, I've never been a Chihuahua, but I do know, I, I, my grandmother has been, and I've had some friends that have been, and, and uh, it sounds like a really cool place, and uh, I love your culture. So from that perspective, you're going to be able to bring a, a fresh light to country music songwriting. I think it's important that we 
are well versed in what you have to bring. So thanks for your question, man. Keep at it. And I hope to hear from you again on, on one of these questions. I probably shouldn't get into another one. I've, I've talked a lot. I feel like today, um, wore you guys out here on the bus and I'm about to go do sound check. We are in Texarkana today. So I'm going to go do sound check. And as always, I appreciate you guys listening. And today, today was a special addition to this podcast. And so what a weird story. This is going to be one of those stories that I tell when people ask me like on the radio and they say, what's one of the craziest nights you've ever had on tour? I'll say this night. I'll say this night. It'll be the first. I'll never forget the night I woke up to a fan in my bed looking at me, saying, if, asking if I need anything. Creepy. I did take a shower right after that, just in case. You know, you never know these days. So, love you guys. We'll see you. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.